Luke Byron, Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper. It's the Spitballing Pod. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. You know we've been fighting for one and still fighting to this day. To this day. Aguero! Surprise, motherfuckers. Back out to Allen. History pointer. Bang! I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Listen, I ain't going to forget about this by the time we hit the motorway. Some might be. Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Tom Kennett, Jack Harper and Alex Jones. If you've tuned in just for Troy, then you may as well turn off now. He will be back probably in about a fortnight. We're going to get some new mics added on and hopefully uh, get things a bit more jazzy. Also, I think we have Sean on next week, so tune out if uh, that's not your thing. I'm not here. (laughs) Anyway, for we get straight into it today we did i can't believe that was on tv a couple of weeks back we did a bit of uh, imdb research so what we have here a revamp i can't believe that was in the cinema <laughs> films that you can't believe were made and i've got some absolute crackers here so are these actual ones that have to have been in the cinema yeah they can't be straight to dvd Crappy weird. Oh, ones. I don't know how much research you think I've uh, right. done here. They're, they're films. Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking Sharknado? I can't believe that film was made, didn't have quite the same ring to it. Yeah. All right. As we get further down, I've got like the full plots for some of them because I feel like rather than it being a spoiler, it's actually going to entice you to watch the whole thing rather than yeah. put you off. If we start off with um, The Boxer's Omen, 1983. While in Thailand to avenge his brother who was crippled in a fight with a corrupt Thai boxer, a man gets caught up in a web of fate, Buddhism and black magic. I've reeled you in. Yeah, you have. Isn't that the Karate Kid? <laughs> 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 I feel that I've seen this one. <sighs> I'll say as always, you two, make sure you uh, clutch that mic if you've got something to say. Don't want any gems being dropped and not picked up. Just a little short one here. Meat Love, 1989. It's not X-rated. It's not related to Meat Train, is it? Well, no, it's literally what it says <laughs> in meat, meat uh, the title. Two pieces of meat fall in love. <laughs> what kind of meat are we talking? This is really It was like, um, yeah. like one of the big like T-bone steaks on the poster, but I've not seen any more than that. <laughs> These are all available on IMDb if you want to look them up. Is it vegan friendly? I don't think they existed in 1989, did they? That's quite an interesting question because, I mean, how would they feel about that? Do I have to ask, is this a cartoon or not? <laughs> just, just an actual piece of, piece of meat dubbed over. Live action. Live action. I mean, you're all welcome to have your IMDb app loaded up if you want to look. Just to check, you're Googling meat love. I mean, check your internet search history, but meat love is not... When you want it. You don't want to be opening that round your mum. Oh no, it's actual pieces of meat. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> no animation there. You were lying. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's a short film, but it does have a 7.1 rating. 
I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> this one, I, I, I just want to just, I've just had a quick glance. Get, take the mic, man. I just had a quick glance. So the first review, the the first little brief said, "This is a short film. Was really beautiful. It's romantic and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the, two main, the two main meat characters are so cute." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've, I got this one. I got this one in thinking of you, TK. Actually, um, and the film, the seventies is where all the weird films were. If yeah. you ever looking for a strange one, even dwarves started small. Nineteen seventy. <laughs> a group of dwarves at a correctional facility erupt in anarchy. <laughs> is it like a special dwarf facility where you can, can only be there if you're a dwarf? Apparently so, but and they erupt. 1925, The Hands of Orlac. A world-famous pianist loses both hands in an accident. When new hands are grafted on, he doesn't know they once belonged to a murderer. I feel like The Simpsons did something with this, with Snake's hair, where Homer has Snake's hair as a hair yeah. transplant. Yeah. It turns into Snake. Carl Pilkington does a bit about this as well, saying about a guy hates Tom Cruise, and then Tom Cruise dies filming a Mission Impossible, and so takes Tom Cruise's body. It'd be different now. It, the 20s was a different time. Now they'd do it with like a pedo. So he doesn't know he's got a pedo's hands and suddenly he's drawn to things he shouldn't be drawn to. Well, it's funny Just you should... People constantly follow him around with iPhones, like doing Facebook Live videos. <laughs> well, if we go back to the 70s, um, Welcome Home Brother Charles, 1975. After being released, a wrongfully imprisoned black man exacts vengeance on those who've crossed him via the power of a newly sentient penis which may or may not have been the result of an experiment gone wrong. <laughs> you, have you kind of gone on to like Pornhub films yeah. now? This feels a bit suspect. Not guilty. <laughs> but the, it's not helping my cause. <laughs> 1987, Necromantic. <laughs> this actually had four sequels, by the way. So that should tell you the success. I didn't put one, two, three, four, five down on the list, but... No, no. A street sweeper who cleans up after grisly accidents brings home a full corpse for him and his wife to enjoy sexually, but is dismayed to see that his wife prefers the corpse over him. Oh, the corpse... The Play now, himself. Now, the corpse actually makes it to the sequel, but the husband doesn't. So you wouldn't have predicted that before the film started. Is this anything like Weekend at Bernie's? Don't think so. This one actually has a nicer name. We've got a bit of a longer title here. Uh, longer bio. Pink Flamingo, 1972. This is voted as one of the top five weirdest films of all time. Sleaze Queen Divine lives in a caravan with her mad hippie son Crackers and her 250-pound mother, Mama Eddie, trying to rest quietly on their laurels as the filthiest people alive. Competition is brewing in the form of Connie and Raymond Marble, who sell heroin to school children and kidnap and impregnate female hitchhikers selling the babies to lesbian couples. Finally, they challenge Divine directly and battle commences. So much depth to that. So much depth. I mean, I mean, I, I can't see how that can't be a good film to watch. Yeah, I'm, my, my intrigue is between how does the battle commence? I mean, this, this has got to be a horrible, horrible battle. It's, it's almost like the entire target, uh, target audience for these films are people that are stoned. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, I'll watch well, it. I'll this is, watch. The thing with this one, I did a bit of background research on this one, and it, it, was made, it was made to be like a light-hearted comedy. But obviously the people were just like freaks that made it. And obviously it twisted then and people, what the hell is this film? And so it went into a completely different market. They thought this was going to be like the comedy of the year. 
these people must have been dropping jokes about selling heroin to school kids <laughs> at the office. And like, why is no one laughing? Yeah. I don't understand. You can just imagine how, like, their first like pilot viewing to like a <laughs> test audience had gone. Everyone coming out, just, yeah, just shell shock. <laughs> This one isn't going the way you think it is. Uh, Rubber, 2010. This one was actually nominated for eight awards and won five. A homicidal car tire, discovering it has disruptive psionic power, sets its sights on a desert town once a mysterious woman becomes its obsession. Which, what awards have they won here? The, the, one of them was like a BAFTA. No. Fuck off. Look, search <laughs> it, search, search Rubber on IMDb. Rubber. It's, got, it's won all sorts yeah, of awards. 2010. Just get the IMDb app. I've got it. I've got it. Rubber. Homicidal oh, not wrong. Rubber. Homicidal card. It's got a 59 on Metascore. That's literally blown. That's, I mean, that's blown Batman v Superman out of the water by quite, quite some way. I'm going to view the trailer because this looks no, like something that no, I... No, because we'll get taken down for a copyright if it uh, picks up any of the dialogue. My media film was How taken down for copyright. Really? I don't know. I don't know if there's any dialogue in it. I feel it actually adds to the charm when I know less about it. Although I do have a big uh, bio here, so you'll have to uh, bear with me for this one. Again, again, just a quick thing from the review. A horror film about technique and style. Exactly, (laughs) exactly, see? Now, Liquid Sky in 1982. Brace yourself. Liquid Sky. In New York, a small flying saucer lands on the roof of a penthouse seeking for heroin. In the apartment, the cocaine-addicted model Margaret is a promiscuous, bisexual, androgynous woman that lives with her lover, the drug dealer Adrian. Margaret has sex with many partners asking for cocaine in return. The aliens discover that the sensation of the orgasm is equivalent to the heroin, and they suck the brains of Margaret's lovers, killing them first and then making their bodies disappear. Meanwhile, a German scientist is chasing the extraterrestrial beings and arrives in a building in front of Margaret's apartment to observe the creatures. I always said the kid in E.T. was irresponsible because this could have happened. You don't know. You you got the nice one. You could have got the wrong one. Yeah, literally, like, you go this day and age with everything as rife as it is. And I feel like I was having this conversation with someone the other day where... Things are just worse now. People are worse than they used to be. <laughs> Everything's just worse. E.T., the, this day and age, it'll be like a pedo alien or something <laughs> like Every Everything bad is a pedo right now. The only other thing with that is it seems to be that they seem... Surely heroin at one point is probably easier than sucking the brain from lovers. <laughs> yeah. It's like they needed a substitute. The heroin seems just fine. Yeah. They're aliens. I don't know why the aliens came down first of all for heroin. <laughs> apparently, apparently, it's a crazy psychedelic eighties feminist film. They get everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Sean, right. Sean wouldn't want to watch this. <laughs> we know what his opinions are. On, uh, you can you can imagine that that during the suffragette move, movement, <laughs> this was exactly what they were aiming for. Do you well, know what I mean? I've saved the best for last here, and this one's even longer than the last. So this takes you through the whole film. So. <clears throat> Sweet Movie, 1974. Let's take a breath here. <laughs> In the contest of the most virgin Miss Mond, 1984, Miss Canada wins, and prize is the marriage with the milk industry tycoon with his $50 billion fortune. In their honeymoon, Miss Canada does not accept the golden prostate of her husband, and with the support of the family bodyguard, Jeremiah Muscle, she gets boarded to Paris. Then she meets a Latin lip-sync singer, El Macho, 
they have intercourse in, I- in the Eiffel Tower and they get stuck together. She moves to an anarchic community of sodomy and later she becomes an actress working in an erotic chocolate advertisement. Meanwhile, the revolutionary pedophile, a mad killer, Anna Planeta, makes candy in her boat while sailing through the canals of a city that seems to be Amsterdam. She meets the sailor, Potemkin, and they have a torrid affair. Meanwhile, she uses her candy to seduce young boys and kill her lovers. In the middle of the story, it is presented what seems to be footages of a Nazi doctor and a slaughter in a war with many dead bodies. I mean, where do you even start with that? Where do you go I, on a podcast yeah, from there? Yeah, I mean, that's almost like shut it down. <laughs> I want to go home now. Yeah. <laughs> we could actually do an entire podcast on that, just breaking each thing apart. It's like they thought, we've got to, ch- you've got to tick all these boxes and we're going to cover everything yeah. in this. What's happened there is the director, the producing, the production team have realised that they're only going to get, they're only going to get uh, let to be made one film once. They're only going to let, what, so they're going to get, just go everything in, everything in, all in. I actually, when I was looking through these, the podcast idea that came in my head was um, shut Alex in my living room with um, a microphone and a Serbian film. And he has to watch the last 20 minutes and just like talk and just narrate what he's seeing and his reaction to it. Like an audio description for blind people. Yeah, exactly. If blind people really wanted to watch the Serbian film. Exactly, with his reactions as well. I feel like he wouldn't handle it very well. So that's the film for today. I mean, I know it's a lot shorter than our usual intros, but I don't really know where you could go from there. <laughs> the only other thing I can think of is, I don't know if anyone saw my uh, tweets earlier or how busy you were, but I actually came up with like an award-winning TV show on my way home earlier. So I was thinking that all these sports are broadcast live these days. There's so much going on. And I don't know why there isn't a program dedicated to uh, filming people running for public transport. Like if you mix it up between like trains, buses, planes, the tube, and then we incorporate this, you can bet on it live. You can get yeah. to know the drivers. You can know which is like a ruthless driver, which one's going to drive off, which one's going to go early, which one's going to be late. There's so many possibilities. If you have people getting stuck in the doors of the tube, you might see what happens there. Just betting on how many people over and under get through in the last two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. What would you call it? That's not my... I've got the idea. I've actually added BT and Sky. So if they now do it, then I know where it came from and they have to give me some kind of percentage. You know that one where Stephen King buys things and then licenses them back to you and gives you the money to go and do it? Maybe this is exactly what that was made for. I'm just... I'm worried now that Stephen King's involved. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine how furious you'd be if you're on the the overs and you've got the guy that gets wedged in the door. (laughs) Come on, son, get through there. I think it's gold. I was I was going to save it and I thought I want to get this out there now in case it gets done and I can get my lawsuit going like this is the first mention of this here. You can have countless things for that on the pod. The amount of things you can mention here first because one of my favourite things is first of all watching people run for public transport. I don't run for it because I don't want to be that guy so I'd rather miss it and complain. Secondly, when the person gets to the door that's just shut and the driver doesn't open it back up, he just gives them the look yeah. and drives off. And when you're on the inside looking out, golden. Does does that happen a lot? I mean, I can't remember the last yeah. time I caught a bus and yeah, it wasn't going on a night out. As soon as they close that door, because I've seen it before, especially on the way to work where they feel worse doing it on like school kids. You let one on and then as they're getting on, suddenly they're scrambling around for their change and a queue forms again and you get set back, set back, set back. So some of them, particularly uh, older gentlemen, will just shut the door and just go like this 
like that. <laughs> or they just won't even look. They'll just dead face really? it and just keep going. It sounds like, you know, those films from the scenes where the doors like is shut at the last minute and they're left on the other side for whatever assuming <laughs> yeah. fate awaits them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like going against the window. <laughs> it just goes, sorry mate, against the rules. Not. I mean, what if that kid's running from a pedo? Have you ever seen it? He should have been sooner. Have you, have you, have you ever seen anybody separated? No, well, we had it when we went to Paris and I thought I was holding the doors with my back in Milan. I thought I was holding the doors and I was actually blocking TK from getting on. <laughs> but I was like on, like quite pleased with myself. I'd held the door open. Like, I, was, I don't know why he's even giving me this look because I was holding the door. It was how he turned around and looked quite shocked that I'm not on. So, well, you knew you were at the back. So, what did you think I was doing? I thought I was blocking it, and he was going to be like a little like sneak around tactic, but obviously not. So, what was the fate of that? What he had to get the next tune. <laughs> <laughs> well, we started with uh, me and Luke Mann, who's uh, quite a lot smaller than me. So, he used to be like wriggle to the front and be the like the small one, and then. I'd be the big one. I can keep people blocked off, ready for him to manoeuvre through. So it was a, he, would, he would, he would, he so would. Like you're like a linebacker, yeah, like exactly. a pub, public transport linebacker. There, there comes a time when I was watching NFL, and I remember when I first started watching it, I would think same with basketball, probably. I think it'd be so cool to be a quarterback, and then you slowly see the people whose job is purely just to use your weight to stop someone else from being able to move. Yeah. That if I was going to be in there, that probably is going to be me. <laughs> Anyway, we do have quite a lot of sport to get into today, so we'll go from here and uh, see how we go. If we start with Tottenham, then the 12.45 kickoff on Saturday. Didn't go to plan for them, unfortunately. (laughs) Big question here, because this isn't just something that's happened today. It's been going on for a fair while. So what is going on at Tottenham? That's the question. I think... um, Unfortunately, I think Pochettino has made, obviously with injuries, his hands have been sort of tied a little bit in this respect, but he's brought in some fresh talent this season. And realistically, the moment he was able to play them, he should have started playing them from the start to try and get a sort of that fresh life in the team, a fresh bit of momentum and hope that it worked. Instead, what he's been stuck doing is playing Ericsson, whose attitude has gone out the window. And I'm really shocked at that because I, I didn't think he was that sort of player. I thought he would at least show show a bit of composure and a bit of professionalism. Uh, but I, it's hard to do that from the bench. I know he benched him at the weekend, but the times that he has had to play Champions League midweek as well, I th- he was dreadful in the Champions League midweek. And the thing is, as well, it's there seems to be just a lot of I, I, I put it I'll base it down. I put it down to attitude. Really, I think a lot of those players think that they'll be moving on comfortably. What it is, it's the attitude of the manager has now followed down to the players. It, this all started when uh, Solskjaer was given the Man United job permanently. Poch wanted that job. You can tell me he didn't. He didn't ever come out and say he didn't want it, yet he did come out and talk about, I mean, one day I will be leaving and all this. That happened. Uh, job didn't go his way. Dipped from there. You look at the Champions League. I'm not equating that to Poch. That was pot luck. The the thing is though, I don't see how he can have hold that that realistic attitude because we had a better transfer window than Man United. We the, the way things are looking at the but moment, yeah, he's, Tottenham's he, still a better situation to be in. Yeah, because he's he's played himself. Because what he's done is he's he's taken away the foundation which was 
look, poor me, no one spends any money on me, I've got such a terrible squad. Suddenly you start looking at Arsenal's squad, you start looking at Chelsea's squad, you start looking at United's squad, you think, really is no excuses here to not be doing better than you are. Mm. Which uh, which is why, I mean, there's it's definitely something wrong with him, but there is wrong with, there's a little, there's got to be something in the change rooms as well amongst the players. The thing is though, like, realistically as well, I think there's a bit of fight missing in the team at the moment and I'm hoping it is just that. I mean, going 2 nil up at Olympiacos and then going <laughs> and, then, and then dropping it down to 2-0, coming back to 2 all is not great. Doesn't show a lot of fight and composure. Same Have, against Having Leicester. to dive against Olympiacos but as well. The, uh, sorry, who, who do you mean? Hurricane. Uh, I think we need an apology on air from you towards Hurricane because you don't score goals like that at all if your natural instinct is to dive. I've scored that goal before. Wow. Oh dear. <laughs> Falling over and just swinging a leg at it. We don't need to go any further. We know how ridiculous that is. We know how well, silly no. you're being. You literally f- fell over and swung his leg at it and they were saying, look, to put that in the top corner. He wasn't aiming it, was he? He just swung well, a leg yeah, at it. Yeah, he's, he's throwing a leg and hope he's made connection with it. I mean, just coming back onto the whole Poch scenario, I'm thinking, how long is it until... Man United stop being a desirable position for managers to want to go to. Well, we'll get to United. Know, <laughs> don't, don't yeah, you worry. I'm just thinking, I, I'd probably side with you on this and say that brand new stadium, Tottenham. I'd, yeah, but it's Tottenham. You look at this squad, you're not taking any further. Yeah, but look at Man United. And like, they've tried to take it further and they've tried to take it further by not buying better players than farming all the deadwood out. And they're still shit. I'm telling you, if you give any manager both both of those options, whether they want to go and take over Spurs manager United, nine out of ten are taking United jobs, even still with the position they're in. That's, I would say, the only reason for that, though, at the moment, is because of the stature of the history, but also it probably still comes across as a bit more financially secure and a bit more prestigious in other in other jobs, in other jobs' eyes. And you know, you can go there and still potentially not have a great time, but still potentially land a good job somewhere else. The only way is up for United, really. Whoever gets the next yeah. job... Can't really do much worse, you, you think. How many times have we said this, though? Yeah. So we've said this since David Moyes. We've said mm. it. It's true. We've said it since every manager since Fergie took over. That mm. the only way is up and it's only been down. Yeah, yeah. Which is just how much further can they sink? Growing up with Man United fans being everywhere, I have to say it's probably one of the happiest periods <laughs> of my I, life. I was going to put something on Twitter saying we did our life sentence for Keane yeah. and Mourinho to dissect to at the end of the game. Yeah. This is what we served yeah, it for. yeah. With Moyes, suddenly he must be each day thinking, "Oh, I didn't actually do too bad of a job, <laughs> no, you know." I mean, he's actually got one of the higher win win uh, percentages you, out of the managers since Fergie. Well, when you look it? as well, each manager's getting compared to Ferguson. Still, he was directly compared yeah, to yeah. Fer- he had the hardest job yeah. there was. But if we go back to Poch, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are you Poch out? No, I'm not. I'm not yet. I'm not yet. I haven't seen enough yet. yet because yeah. so why, can I just why 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 are you giving more of a chance to Poch than Sherwood? <laughs> because Sherwood uh, Sherwood was a people pleaser and if we useless. if we compa- if we compare the win ratios, that, why didn't you take him at Arsenal then? Because we've uh, can't exactly. take a Spurs never manager. Mind, never you can't mind. take a Spurs manager. Yeah, you can. No, we you just... can take Spurs players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, right, so, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, going back on to the thing is, it's at the moment, there's been a few, it's not been so catastrophically bad like a few other teams that 
I would say, like, let's completely, you know, throw away the best manager that we've had in the last few years and, you know, completely discon- like throw discontent among the squad that we've had. It, we've had a few sort of, you know, obviously losing to Newcastle, uh, drawing away from a 2-0 lead at Olympiacos as well. The thing is, we've we've it's not too dissimilar to experiences we have had in the last few years. So it's not worth throwing the toys out the pram just yet. And realistically as well, I mean, going on to the game at the weekend, um, we were playing, Leicester were the better side at the weekend, but they, that's no, I don't think that's necessarily um, a dig at Spurs' performance as much. Leicester look dangerous and they look strong. Like, you know, they've put in some really strong performances and that away at Leicester at the moment looks like a pretty bad place to go. Um, but the, realistically, we were 1-0 up. I think that second goal being disallowed was wrong. I, like, I'll come out and say it. I think it was wrong. <laughs> it was. I don't see how it was. I don't see how that was off. I don't see how that was offside at all. That so off, so, so the, the line drawing it. You can't score with your arm. You can score with your shoulder. He wasn't, his shoulder wasn't over the arm. His shoulder wasn't over the line. It was if literally, it was, pointing, it, was, it was, if anything was, it was, it was between it, the literally, gap it was arm. ridiculous. It was like the fraction of his elbow was over Shall the line. Shall we talk about Spurs and VAR? Because if any team, <laughs> and the first person no, I got. No, 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 no. Time. We've had, we've had, it's been yeah. a perfectly even split yeah, of so decisions this is now, for and against well, us. The first person to pick a bone with here is Harry Winks. Now, if you're going to complain about VAR, at least of the bottle, speaking as Spurs, I know maybe not the best uh, phrase, but at least come out and say it yourself. Don't do these snide little likes on Twitter. Just wait for other people to see them. Just sitting there cursing in the dressing room going, oh, we would have won if VAR didn't do that. At the time of VAR ruling out your goal, you were still winning. They didn't gift another goal to the other team. It didn't go completely back the other oh, way. No, no, but no, but the point of the matter is that if we'd won that, that game would have been. In, if we'd got that goal, that game would have been entirely different. Oh, yeah, if you scored an offside goal, then maybe it was you'd an have done a bit better. It was an offside. It, it was, it was offside. an offside. Do you How not can think you? They, so you're, if you're if your fraction of your elbow is over the line, which you can't score with, that's offside. It wasn't his elbow. It was. It was between the joint and his arm. It was it not was between the joint and his arm. His head and his foot was comfortably well behind the line. It was ridiculous. I mean, I see a lot on your Instagram posts about respecting sports oh, and here having we go. respect here for we the go. game. Here so. we go. See, I know I've got you when you start to get silly. <laughs> no, I just... Can't... If that, if li- literally, let's be realistic. If if, if that was the other way around, you would be throwing the... To- literally, you, you wouldn't see, be able to talk it, about ha- it. So, no, because I've had enough with VAR where if we go back and say Spurs had another handball, which blatantly was a handball in the Champions League, which wasn't given. If you take away the minor offside in the Champions League, which also got them through, we can't just. I pick wouldn't and say choose. it was minor, though, was it? <laughs> We've seen it, it wasn't like the one at the weekend, why, so you can't really draw a comparison. Why, why have I not seen you slate VAR until it's gone against Spurs? I know I have already slated VAR. I've, I've you, said I've said you I've said, in the Champions League. I said I said it was ridiculous That's weeks ago. Yeah, in the final you slated it. No, yeah. not in the final. Not in the final. Not in the final. Weeks ago, it was uh, Chelsea, and I couldn't. I said it was ridiculous. I, I was watching the game, and brother, and I thought, Do you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be agree. It's ridiculous. So if that goal was not given against Leicester, you're telling me you'd have been up here in arms. If that got, if that goal, what? If that goal if, wasn't if the goal given. wasn't. If Leicester scored that goal and it was ruled out, you'd have been going. I'm fuming with that. They no, should have had no, an equaliser. All honesty, if that was the other way round, it was Leicester. I would look. I'd be happy with the win, but realistically, would I be able to go? Yeah, that why, was a why, fair decision. Why are we saying you would definitely have won if that goal goes in? <laughs> As if Spurs don't have a tendency. If if that goal goes in and Leicester score a goal, Spurs bums are going to go. 
instantly. Potentially, potentially. But at that point, we looked pretty... We were under pressure, but we were dealing with it a lot better. And there was a lot of... The thing is, as well, we had momentum still pretty much after that. It was all one-way so traffic. So we've done a full circle here. It's the mentality of Tottenham. Don't blame VAR. Blame the mentality of your players. No, because no. Leicester had a goal go against them. I'm not... They I, got straight back on the horse a, That wasn't a point of the statement. I'm say, What I'm trying to say is there is still definitely... I didn't disagree with the fact so there's what, still psychological problems at Tottenham in terms of trying to take that next step forward. So how... But what I, I'm saying is... Just because we've had a few bad games right at the start of the season doesn't mean no, we start let's not going, say, oh, let's, out. Let's not say a few bad games. You've not won an away game since January. That's, That's, That's pretty bad. But <laughs> pretty Emery, bad. But, Emery, but Emery's, still in, Emery's still the manager at your club. So. Yeah, we've, get started, yeah. we've won an away game this season. So <laughs> <laughs> With Spurs then, what are you going to do with Poch now? Because... I think he, I, he's been as negative as anyone in all of his interviews and that's not helping the situation. I, I think the only thing, it, it's got to be sorted out internally. You've got to try and give, you, you've got both parties. If, they're, both, if, they're, if, they're, if there's a side, if there's sides to this, they've got to come to some sort of agreement that's going to please both and work, or see past it or make just the best of the situation they can. I mean, Pochettino is being ridiculous. If he is, if he is unhappy, he's ridiculous. In terms of, he's just he's not helping his own sort of managerial. No, you know, he's helped himself already. The second they got to the final, he can put that on his CV now. Yeah, but it's still nothing matters from here on. Yeah, but realistically, he's still without a trophy as a manager, and that's always <laughs> going to go against him. Realistically, it is. It, realistically, so get rid. the job. The job never. He was a, supposedly a prime target in the summer. There was clubs that could have taken him and chose not to. Or I mean, look at look, did his agent at, put the feelers out look, because look, he's he's not getting away with this at Real Madrid. Look, look who look who was available for like club wise. Look what was available in the summer and look who didn't make a move for him. Still, Juventus was available. Nobody made a move for him. I could have seen Poch there. Man United really should have been available. Didn't make a move for him. To be brutally honest, Chelsea, if they threw enough money at him and wanted to take somebody out of one of the competitors out of the race, realistically could have made a move for him. What, what I would say with this, in this smacks of everyone's had a mate that's done this, or they may have even done it themselves, I'm not here to judge, but you know when there's a girl that you fancy and she's with a fella and you can see their relationship hitting the rocks a little bit. When did this happen with you? So this t- <laughs> didn't, didn't happen with me, but... He said friend. Yeah, he said friend. So you can see their relationship hitting the rocks a little bit, getting a bit rocky and you can see it from an outside looking in and thinking... Cool. But you have a bird and you think, fuck, what do I do here? So what then happens is you start making your own relationship as rocky as theirs is. Say allegedly. So allegedly you you make the relationship as rocky as theirs is, ready and waiting for their relationship to capitulate so you can just break off from yours and pounce in. That is what Poch is doing with the Man United position currently. He's, he's seeing Solskjaer's position getting worse and worse and worse. I'm just glad all my friends have more respect than that. Yeah, well. <laughs> Poch isn't just doing it with one bird, though. He's got, he's got Madrid over there thinking, well, I'll keep an eye on that as well. <laughs> Senoritas over there. Yeah. Oh, I, I, that, that was a good analogy. Yeah. So, so on, on Spurs then, so we saying what's going on is it all on Poch is it on the captain of the club is it on I I think it's got to go to at the moment the, the, the key figure at the club is is Pochettino so it's got to fall on his shoulders to sort this out and make a decision realistically 
Tottenham are, are like you know a five game win run away from this all being forgotten and spoken about. Do you, it do you think Lee, Do you think Levy because he spent some cash is able to just sit there and go like this and say, "Look, not my problem now. Don't look at me." The thing is, though, we, we don't know what's been spoken about behind the scenes and what Pochettino was necessarily promised. I mean, realistically, we were apparently in for another big signing that never came to fruition. Um, apparently, apparently, I mean, I don't believe that was ever really like viable at all. So we don't know what Poch thought he was going to get um, and what he actually got in terms of promise. So it's, I don't really know. The thing I can't quite work out with Spurs and, and you say about a five game win streak if they'd beaten Leicester at the weekend we'd be having a different conversation much in the same way as last year where one week they'd win and the pundits would say they're title contenders and the next week they'd lose and they'd say they were never in it there seems to be a knee jerk reaction all the time with Spurs but the thing I can't understand is pretty much straight away after the summer where they'd had what most people thought was a fairly good window with Ndombele and La Salsa etc the players all seemed relatively negative I thought, in terms of Rose looking for a transfer to the point where he's going to go to fucking Watford. <laughs> I mean, Alderweireld couldn't have been much more eyes somewhere else. Eriksson still is. Although I don't think his performance has been as bad as you suggested. I think he's been okay. Um, there just seems to be a negative atmosphere around the club. And now I think Poch hasn't helped it now by some of the stuff he's come out and said. But it mm. seemed to be initiated by the players. And then I know the manager's got to change that. But it's straight away when I didn't understand where this really came from. You've just got to the Champions League final. You'd surely think, right, we can build on this next year. This this is why just a little bit of momentum in the form of a half-decent run if, can just change change everything entirely. Because if those players start to believe that they might, this might be the season that they get that trophy that they're just be craving, that's all it takes. If you, and then if you've got the if you've got the mentality of the squad back and Pochettino gets hung like you know is hungry and puts his future aside for one second, then you've got a winning formula there again. If you look back, his first interview he did after the Champions League final was he said. Look, if we'd have won, then he alluded to that I probably would have left. I would have had nothing more I could do here. So that kind of sets itself up for a fall in the one way that people know, all right, you might be looking for a way out. On the other way, it kind of sets your barometer as Champions League, that's our goal. And I think when you look at last season, Spurs didn't end well. Spurs and Chelsea, I think we both said on here, as well as they did, they both secured top four half on account of the fact that Arsenal United and everyone else were just worse than them. So it's it's carried in. And then if you, he's been going back and forth with Levy in the press as much as they're not naming names. He's, he's not a guy who you're going to win an argument with. There is, oh, leave it. Yeah, leave it. there yeah, is yeah. absolutely no chance. Mm. We saw with the transfer deals that they added, when you compared what Woodward was doing at United to what uh, Levy was doing, where Levy's saying, <laughs> I'm not paying any more than this. Whereas Woodward's like, we're not accepting any less than this. And who got their way and who didn't? He's not got, how, how long do we have left in his contract? Cause he's, yeah, he's got a couple of years, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's quite, it's a, quite yeah. a few years. Mm. Uh, something tells me it's similar to the length of Kane's contracts or maybe a little bit shorter. You've got, you've got to look at, so Vertonghen, Alderweireld, Ericsson, I was going to say Sissoko, if you put that in the same brackets. There's three or four players whose contracts are expiring mm. at the end of next season, or if not, then it's the season after. Uh, All you need is... Uh, no, Aldo, Ericsson's is out at the end of this season, yeah. and Alderweireld's is out also at the end of this season. I'm pretty sure he's already on that 
uh, that like that anybody can come in for a twenty five million or something like that, and don't we know it? so but nobody has still, which that, I still that don't clause is that clause has gone now. I think you sure. Yeah, I think I that it was, was in effect. I think it was the, the last two weeks. Of it's yeah, but you know that 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 I don't get either because again, United easy easy. Chelsea as yeah. well, easy. City, easy. you look at the way that well, Chelsea couldn't, could they? Because they're, they're buying. Oh yeah, but, cool. yeah, but course, yeah, yeah. City with their kind of situation, you'd have thought could have oh, twenty five million, easy. nothing to the that, And that's the sort of power that like City have. They've got the ability. They don't need him, and they could, they could be, the but you can, they they can buy other teams out yeah. of contention. Yeah, I said that essentially his agent must have said, look, he's not interested in leaving because someone would have come in from otherwise. If you remember, United went in for Godin on the last day of the season and they were like, yeah, look, we're not interested. But, <laughs> but hasn't this kind of been an issue for quite a while with yeah, Aldevaro? Yeah. It's like he's... Basically, it feels like the last two seasons well, we saw, he's been sat in the stands watching. We saw this with Ozil yeah, and Sanchez and like. then every week you're going to get, so about this new deal? Yeah. Well, remember, it was the reverse at the start of the season with the Tongan got randomly benched. I mean, like, uh, to bring Sean's statement into this about rotation. <laughs> I mean, there is a few questionable light, like, rotations in terms of not even having them in the starting, like, in the full squad for the, the game at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. But with no necessarily, necessarily like, injury explanation or fatigue explanation, he's just gone and done that. Which makes you begs the question, is he trying to make a point in the, in the, in the, in the changing room about certain things? Like, is it being a bust up at all or is he just trying to make a power play I don't you know if if we go on to the next team then because we could talk about all these teams or not I'm sure do you want to start with Emery or Solskjaer <laughs> let's stick with North London alright so the question at the end of this is going to be who's going to last longer in the job Emery or Solskjaer so if we start with Emery then as you say Arsenal pulled themselves out of a very big hole yesterday I th- I was speaking about it to TK at lunch and I think he said must have been like a good atmosphere or whatever when the third goal went in. A lot of people were kind of absolutely immense. A lot of people have forgotten the previous 85 minutes <laughs> coming out of the ground. But I was celebrating but not quite to the extent it was like it's Aston Villa. Yeah. It's, Aston, it's Aston Villa, yeah, literally. It's a newly, at, a newly promoted team. Yeah, at home. Yeah, yeah. in I mean let's not talk about home results when you're looking at <laughs> yeah. But there's a scene in Top Boy, the newest season, where they're having a war. War comes to a conclusion. And he say, uh, just because we didn't lose didn't mean we won. That's essentially what happened with Arsenal yesterday. Yeah. We won, but Emery's kept his job for a bit longer, so we haven't really won. <laughs> Peek beyond the curtain, Troy actually messaged me yesterday saying, I hope we lose. <laughs> <laughs> that changed once the game started. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> very bad started with Shaka again Torreira on the bench again there was no fluidity at all in the team people keep saying oh we're trying to play as a team on the counter attack it, it's not it's just the fact that we can't defend so teams attack us <laughs> and there's no fluidity in our attack so it has to be just a quick burst up the field got the job done I mean Louise was at fault for the second goal. So that's how many how, how many games in a row? Oh, yeah, but got the job done. Jack, show some respect. That's yeah. the missing piece to Arsenal's defence yeah. we're talking about. We win as a team and we lose it. A- Hang on. If I just... TK... He's bit straight into that. TK, did your team win this weekend? Confirmed. Did... 
We'll get on to oh, we'll get oh, on to my oh, okay. Just what, all right, just this we, side of the table then this team's won this weekend. Against Aston Villa. So yeah. Let's not talk about she- let's not talk about Sheffield because Villa were you, above Sheffield. You were you were lucky. Lucky. Alright. So they get the job done. Gwendouzi. Gwendouzi turns into like best French prospect other than Mbappe I saw quoted yesterday. Not by myself, but no. Change your tune who's a, last week. Who's a greater French prospect, Alex? Name me one. Name me another. Then what? Mbappe? Name me another French prospect other than Mbappe and Guendouzi. I mean, he's like 26. Is he? Anyway. Got a job done. In, got a job done in the, in the second half, but very poor. Aubameyang... <laughs> When is some respect going to start being put on this man's name? We already know that he's good. Yeah, there, there is enough respect no, on his well, name no, already. We'll get on to this when we get he's into the FIFA the ratings. Of, he's not the sort of player that you tend to respect too much from wow. the things that we've heard about him. From a from a, an ability point of view, yeah, all the respect to the you world, mean? but as a player, he's not going to ever... What do you mean from we've heard about him? Well, he's never going to home the sort of respect that Thierry Henry had as a, as a player and a person, is he? Well, how can you respect Harry Kane when you've heard him? Done the same. That's that's done the that's same. A horrible thing to say. Yeah. That's a horrible thing to say. That's precisely why. So, biggest cheer of the uh, biggest cheer of the afternoon ye- uh, yesterday was when Xhaka went off. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. There was. Did you cheer? I was. Yeah, that's the biggest cheer I had all yeah. afternoon as well. So, I actually went out the ground and people were chanting. Um, I thought it was going to be the usual. What do you What do you think of Xhaka? Yeah. And that was the chant when I went Jesus. out of the ground. If I. <laughs> won't take too long I had a bit of a shorter intro so the situation I found myself in yesterday got to the ground fairly early actually coach was late so I was there one of the first people in my block to be sat in the seat watch the MD United game buzzing get down to the seats said last week we'll deal with Aston Villa or I'll look a fool next week did think did remember that during the time I was sat in this hardly anyone in the block a couple of people have come in after two people in front of me two more come in are on my row Two chaps there um, kiss the two chaps in front on the cheek as they come in for, for nothing of each their own. Two more people come in. Um, they each uh, give each other a little peck. I'm thinking, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, you can do what you want, but look, didn't expect to steal out of football. Yeah. You ne- unclench your fists, Luke. Ne- <laughs> Next fella comes in. He's got more buttons undone than he's got done up. And I'm thinking there's something a bit <laughs> awry here. What's going on? Hugs the person in front of them. They have a little peck on the cheek. All of a sudden, starts to click in. So usually, when I get to Arsenal, I have a little look around, where you've got the little like things hanging over the edge of uh, like the stands. You know, the little banners. There's yeah. that awful one about Alexis's dog that used to be there, and all sorts <laughs> yeah. Congolese gooners and all this. So carry on. I'm trying to think. First goal goes in. I see people kind of like hugging between them. What the hell is going on here? Sink clucks in my head. Yeah. I'm sat in the gay gooners stand. <laughs> I've got the fattest bloke in the world sat sat on my right. He's got me wedged. He's got thighs that must have been like this. They were overlapping my seat. And so I sat down first. He sat down after. He's got me locked in. The seat. Oh, I've sat up and I thought, people for a start, they're going to look at the two chunks and go, <laughs> they're together. <laughs> Feeders. They're then on, on, on top of that. Look. 
It was a strange vibe in the area. <laughs> that's that's. So, is there a designated block to? It's essentially Gagin? essentially. There's all these supporters clubs. If you search Arsenal supporters clubs on the website, there's hundreds and hundreds. That like sit within their so, own. So there's literally they they have all. Well, there's like there's literally like a Tuffley Gooners fan club, which most people won't know how small that would have to be. But yeah. so a lot of these supporters clubs have one of them has like a season ticket and then they organise tickets for the rest of them. They have an allocation each time. And so, essentially, if there's one or two of them and they're sat at the front of this particular block, you can bring your own little, like, banner in, you give it to the club, and they cable tie it or whatever to the front of the block. And then other people can ask to sit in your area. They say it has the community. These people have their own little communities in the stadium. Yeah. People can enjoy with like-minded fans. Obviously, a lot of the gay people have thought we'll sit in this one particular area, so yeah. they've all kind of flocked into this particular bit. Wasn't sure what what was going on, but like look, many limbs, block, like many block. limbs when the girls went in. No, I said they were the hugging. They yeah. were just hugging in groups. I mean, I was, like, on, I was on my own. Yeah. If we if we revisit Jack's dogging experience last yeah. week in terms of the pressure that he felt in that moment, yeah. how did you feel, Luke? Did you feel pressure? Well, if you look, I've. Don't have any chap lips today. I've uh, got <laughs> chap, chap chapstick on. I'll sweat it a lot more than usual. I don't know if that was I was, like, oh, I was under pressure or because it was a quite a chilly uh, game. But no, block one hundred and six. I must have had someone's where they usually have a season ticket there because I was in the thick of it, in amongst it, Get behind it. the curtain. It's getting lively, was it? Yeah. Not behind. Uh, I was in. The home team's away team. I was in the away dressing room. Anyway, from... Uh, I'll, 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 I won't say that joke. <laughs> go on, right. say it. It was about Chelsea, if uh, you can imagine. Yeah, go on, yeah. get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know the nickname that uh, maybe Liverpool fans have given Chelsea fans, and that was the route I was going down. <laughs> so That's the route you're going down. That's the- <laughs> Times are hard. Yeah. Hey. No, no hate on this podcast. It's all from a place of love. Anyway, back to Arsenal. Aubameyang's free kick. Beautiful. Gwendozi stole the show second half, defending still atrocious. Socrates, said I don't call it out, was saying didn't like his play acting. Wasn't a dive, but I don't really know what it was. He was like sucking off his knee. He, 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 he didn't he? Yeah. Uh, I, I saw it from the stance. It was like right kind of down in front of me. He like pulled his knee into his head, didn't he? Yeah. yeah pe- because people were going mad. And I was like, what the hell are you like shouting yeah. about? <laughs> they just wanted some of that action, didn't they? That's what it was. <laughs> I say I said someone. I heard someone say uh, he's a man's man, Socrates. I'm like, <laughs> and this is when all the things were like piecing up in my head. You know, in uh, American Pie Three, when uh, Stifler clocks what the hell, what's going on in the gay club, yeah. and he's like, <laughs> "That was me." And like the little narrator, you're probably wondering how I ended up here. Yeah. <laughs> if we get onto United, then and then we'll uh, probably amalgamate the two together. I did manage to watch the game on the coach. Good, better signal than usual. And what a time for it to happen. United never looked like winning that game at all. I mean, you probably had a better watch of it than I did, but it's, it literally just looked like I kind of punted up to Rashford and hope for the best. Yeah, and, and Rashford didn't look on it at all, be it, I think, physically and mentally. Mentally, he looked not on it at all, that devoid of confidence. And physically, as Neville was pointing out on commentary, either couldn't or wouldn't run. Uh, 
obviously ended up going off injured. And when you're bringing on Lingard to play up front on his own, that's kind of a sign of where you're at. I know they've got injuries, but when you get rid of your top goal scorer and don't replace him, I think you have a fairly obvious void there. This is what I was like. Everyone was celebrating when they got rid of Lukaku. It was like, oh yeah, let's it get rid of no him. Sense. And now you look at it and you think, what are you doing? It's like Alexis Sanchez. They could really use him yeah. right now. And I know that he's been shit since he joined, but they just need bodies right oh, now. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. they just need people to actually play football. I said on here, was Lukaku ever that bad? He scored goals. The like, goal record's okay. Yeah, he's, he just he's got... Of course, to, if you go by, I know it's very early on, Like he could legitimately score 100 goals in two different leagues. Yeah. Oh. Which is... I mean, he's a goal scorer. He puts the ball in the net. He can't play football. And his build-up play isn't great. Like... The best way to sum him up the other day, I was watching his video and it was like Lukaku versus such and such. And I couldn't tell if it was highlights or if it was someone taking the piss out of him. <laughs> because there was things in there you'd think, well, yeah, that's pretty decent. And then there's things in there you just laugh like, this is a highlights real. Like, I couldn't get my head around what I was watching. The quote saying he plays football in Levi jeans kills yeah. every <laughs> single time. It's like he plays football like the kid at school used to play with his backpack on. Now, now you've got Rashford looking like he's out of next week. We've yeah. got Martial looking like he's out of next week. We've got Greenwood looking like he's out of next week. Arsenal are still going to lose at Old Trafford <laughs> yeah. every single time. Some 13-year-old is going to come off the bench, yeah. bang a hat-trick, Louise will give away a penalty. <laughs> the agenda were, starts people were, now. People were turning on him yesterday. What, Louise? And, yeah, it's, really? It's, it's, that's, that's fast. It's, what were they saying? Well, well, it's, 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 hardly, it's hardly not just, it's justified. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not a great start. No. He's, yeah, he's given away it's, something it's the, like, in every game he's played. 50-year-old bloke. Like, Cut your bloody hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Waste of money. Oh, literally, you have that yeah, every game. Cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's been times down at Stamford Bridge where it's literally been, number 22, get your haircut. Was it sickening a chance? This, and that's all you'd hear. Whoever had long hair. This guy wanted um, Leno taken off because he <laughs> would because he wouldn't roll it out for a short kick. He was like, get him off. Get Martinez on. He's just playing it long. Oh my God. Every time Pepe didn't score, this guy went, what do we pay that money for? This, this, this chunk next to me, he kept going, how much? I was like, Jesus, come on. Yeah. Give it a rest. I, like, I know that there is a stigma with Arsenal fans. But Worst fan base yeah, in the world. Yeah, but you don't seem to get this with as, as much like <laughs> consistency at other fan bases. I just don't... Arsenal are just weird. If anything, Leno needs to play it short less often. He yeah. needs to play it long because it's not working when he does. But yeah, going back to Man United... Oh, sorry. If you want to... Oh, I was just like on Arsenal. I mean, it's what happens when you, you know, you have a really good, really good squad pick up a load of plastic fans and then that's it. We're talking about Tottenham and their new stadium. There's no plastic <laughs> there. Yeah, there's no plastic there. Yeah. Going back to Man United though, and I think, like I was saying, with the kind of scenario you've got with Pochettino, as I so aptly put, um, that's exactly what you have. You've got social going nowhere fast, and I mean faster than usual mm-hmm. for a Man United manager. And, They've made it rough for their own back with this appointment because they're either going to have to sack a club legend or they're going to leave him in there until he destroys his own legacy. So if I was Solskjaer now, the only way out of this is just hold your hands up and say, look, I tried my best, but I wasn't good enough. That's the only way to save this situation. People seem shocked that a manager that wasn't good enough for Cardiff isn't good enough for United. Well, what I will say is me and TK can actually take credit for this because you know how the pod works. 
we spoke him into the job on episode 100. Alex tried his best to actually keep him out of a job, which was justified. She'd never take uh, food out of another man's hands. Mm. It depends. I'm pretty sure he's actively advocating Pochko in there, which was <laughs> a strange t- twist of events. Me, me, that, me, and Con- me and Connor were in line with our thought process, and you know we were talking a lot of sense. No. We were right. Con- Connor came out to the idea and started saying, "Olives at the wheel." Though. Look, beautiful. Look, I'll, I'll take. I told you so. Uh, like, if I get to say that, which I probably will at this. Well, Alex, the thing is as well. You're, you're I told you so. You said I told you so after they beat PSG in the Champions League last year. I did tell you. So. On episode 100, you said United would win the Champions League, and you also, on a previous episode, said that PSG would win the Champions League. I was wrong. Yeah, so, hey, hey, if we, if you go back and it re- if you examine my prediction, I was at a third, a two, one out of three success rate. So on my big prediction, so <laughs> that's get, not bad. When you get both out, bad. You normally hey, should get. Hey, it right. hey, that's not, that's not bad. Anyway, no, Jack, his last season, he predicted. Mourinho for manager of the year, Lukaku for the golden boot, and United to win the league. <laughs> when he put it like that, <laughs> but but saying um, the thing is as well, if we go back to the first game of the season, uh, United United Chelsea, and, and like, literally the reverse of that now, I think almost Lampard's making Solskjaer look even worse because he's actually, I mean, he's in a difficult situation, but it, they just look better and more. He's I'd rather have the- Chelsea's squad than United's. Yeah, I was see. I was going to come on to this. I was thinking, every time that I watch Man United play, I think, how the fuck did we lose 4 0 to this? <laughs> like, they look so bad. And Solskjaer that's not even. Lampard over his knee. Yeah. And, like, I think we were just unlucky that we played at Old Trafford in his first game with a team that hadn't really played before in the Premier League together. If that we played them now, I really don't think that 4 0 would be the outcome. Um, but yeah, they look. Like relegation team form at the moment, like the way the players are playing, like I just don't understand. Well, I do understand. I mean, you've got Matter in there, who in the number ten role hasn't played number ten consistently for the past since he left Chelsea, and now you expect him to go there and do a job. You've got Matic in there, and oh, everyone was to pieces, ev- everyone, everyone was saying how well, oh yeah he's left Chelsea, he's come to United. Hang on. Chelsea fans were saying this as well. Yeah, yeah, no, we were we were saying you don't know what you've bought here. I guarantee you, we were all saying we told you so. He's not I that good. All over again. Like we've, I will dredge up some tweet, old tweets of mine. I will show you. <laughs> Last time he said he was getting evidence. He said he was getting evidence that Chelsea could have won the league. <laughs> we waited the rest <laughs> of the episode. Could have. Have you <laughs> the stuff about Gwendozi and John Terry while we just talk about Chelsea yesterday? I haven't heard this. Terry roaring at him on the sidelines. Gwendouzi, he put in a foul right at the end of the game. He was just basically just kicking Villa to yeah. shreds. And uh, Gwendouzi was running off, giving it this to him. I'm in your head. battle. <laughs> I mean, who's winning that tussle on the pitch if they're both Gwendouzi. still playing? Wow. wow. John Terry so would make Gwendouzi look like a little mouse. Yeah. He would have him by the tail. Literally, John Terry would tie his hair in braids and walk him around the pitch. You, you, you say about David Luiz's haircut, John Terry would scalp him, honestly. Yeah. He'd stand Alex. in the middle of the pitch going, oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> On, Alex, take that mic. <laughs> take the mic. <sighs> On the spot now, Harry Winks or Gwendouzi? Which one are you taking? In a fight? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same answer for both ones, yeah. but which one are you taking in your team? Uh, uh, I... It, 
No, no. I've seen the thing is I've seen more of Winks play, and I haven't yeah. actually seen Gunzuzi play that much, so I couldn't give a fair answer. Yeah, so Chelsea's you've seen cool. Winks play. Uh, uh, no, uh, uh, all right. I'll go. Uh, in that case, I have to go with Winks. I'll pick Winks for the moment. More proven at the higher standard. Yeah. What's he proven? How much? Ty- how much? So how much? Ty- how much Champions League football has Gunzuzi played? He's played plenty. Oh in yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> youth <laughs> Champions League. Youth Champions League. Harry Winks hasn't played much. He only gets in when the rest Just of the team is. He lost fit. this jewel and move on. I didn't. Ask Potch which one he takes out of the two, and I'll tell you which one he takes. Gwendouzi getting in the French setup, and uh, but yeah, Winks go, not getting in the England one. Going back to United, they've got some massive improvement. This is the year that the top six gets blown wide open because you look at West Ham the way that they played. You never know what West Ham's going to no, turn up. West Ham aren't going anywhere near the top six. <sighs> I mean, look where they are at the moment. I know They'll you can't. Lose to I know someone like five Bournemouth games. next week. No, they will, and this is what I mean by that. But you could also say the same for Arsenal or Chelsea at the moment. United or Chelsea aren't dropping out of the top six. United. Che- um, Chelsea or Arsenal? Sorry. Okay. I that's what you're yeah. Saying. No, I'd, I'd say Leicester take Man United's spot. United, the only one in the top six I can see dropping out of it. The others mm. can be bad, but they're not going to be that bad. Yeah. I, I think we're literally having the reverse conversation in three weeks' time, uh, four weeks' time. I reckon, like. Not not with United necessarily, but we. Might, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if we necessarily were. I think it's going to be one of those sort of seasons. I mean, so if, what we think of how, if, if, we, if yeah. we think of the conversations that we've had right at the start of the season after the first few games compared so you to the think conversations... No one's getting to the top, you think the top six is... What I'm trying to say is Southampton... <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, is like we're sort of coming out with statements now that you know Leicester are definitely going to be in... West Ham are going to be in the top six. And you know we're writing off a lot of I'm, the teams. I'm saying if you... If, a West Ham team that didn't get out of second gear beat United 2-0. That's damning Alex, for United. Yeah, was, and that, was that West Ham not getting out of second gear or was that United making them look like they weren't getting out of second gear? Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Neither were... It wasn't a good game. It was just good moments. Well, all, all it takes in this situation is... So the teams that lost this weekend and had bad performance, if, like two wins and then the teams that have had well this weekend, we're yeah, having a different which, conversation. We're getting the two wins this issue. Which teams were they? This, <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm saying with United. I've seen enough of United the last, yeah. back in the last season and the start of this season. If you take the first game out of the running, they... No, we're not just wiping no, the what, 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 what I'm saying is if that doesn't happen... United are nowhere near the top six. This is like no. last week. If Chelsea win one... Saying, the Champions League was wide open. I just wish Chelsea were in yeah. there. <laughs> if, yeah, but if Chelsea hadn't lost that game, say if we'd drawn that game and they got one point from it, look at this situation United would be in right now. Solskjaer could be really kind of out on his ear, really. I think that was yeah. a game where you thought, I can see what they're trying to do and maybe yeah. that's what's keeping them in. At the same time, I looked at that game against West Ham and I thought, what more can he do with it? Yeah. This is shit. He's, yeah. he's bringing on Fred. Yeah. He's bringing on Lingard up front. And he, they're, they're passing, I know it's part of his own making, but there's pa- not a lot he can do. They were passing balls like out of touch from six yards away from each other. It yeah. was like, it got to the stage where it's almost like when you play Saturday league and you think, right boys, fuck it. Next week, just it was, wipe it off 20 minutes with 20 minutes still to go. It, it was similar to Jose's last game against Liverpool. Where I watched him. I thought you just look so like devoid of any ideas. Yeah. And it was that sort of level. And, might have the same conclusion in terms of the manager. With what you were just saying then about things being reversed, you are perhaps, I'd never known anyone be able to say so much while not saying anything at the same time. You just, he just talks and then he just kind of waits and then just passes the mic he's, as if it just can't be challenged. He's, he's, like, Donald, he's Donald Trump. Okay. Oh, 
Yeah, but you can't you can't deny that there is like a certain amount of like it's definitely got more. And I can't more deny so it. I just didn't years. know the point you were making. You were just talking. I the, the, what, <laughs> look, I, there, there's definitely there's some really bad consistencies for United in this scenario. But we we've spoken about we've spoken about obviously other teams as well in terms of, in a positive light in terms of how well less how strong Leicester now look and West Ham and you know in the top six and stuff like that. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is you United know, are a couple of wins away from being okay. Yeah, in think, think, minds, yeah, yeah, think how frequently those headlines yeah. change and how much they already have changed this season already. I'm just that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I, like, I don't think it's like any. I think any club at the moment who gets rid of their manager, like any of the top six boys, if any of them get rid of their manager in the next four, five, six weeks, even Janu- up until January is stupid. It's ridiculous. If you, you don't know. If you searched Emery's name at 2-1 down yesterday and then after the game, so essentially he was getting ripped to shreds because um, with about 20 minutes left, he subbed off Xhaka and uh, he was with it, Ceballos for uh, throw me off that baby. Torreira and Willock. And people saying it's a bit gay. There's <laughs> a gay gay gooner president over here. And people saying about Urzel being left on the bench. First of all, they said he was rested on Thursday nights. Which, oh, hang on, how many of your teams won in Europe this? Oh, so, my sorry, I'm just what, just what re- competition uh, you play? I'm, I'm just I'm just remembering. What? Things. I, we don't take any notice of that trash competition. We had a hot. <laughs> Chelsea called themselves champions of Europe after winning that. Play, played our reserve team throughout the entire tournament and also, still won. Also had an open top bus parade after winning it. No, we didn't. Yes, you did. No, we didn't. Search no, we didn't. Chelsea Europa League bus. What, this season or when we won it previously? When you won it previously, where you scored the last minute goal. Didn't we win a double that season? I'm or sure did it we... League Cup and... Europa. I've got to double check. Hey, if we're talking, if we're if, if we're talking about those sort of cups, Connor would have you saying it's the quad. So. <laughs> and Spurs would talk about the Audi Cup, which is listed on their hey, website now. Hey, that's a <laughs> prestigious. That's a prestigious honour in the in the off season. So who? That's what I was going to say. Emery suddenly after the game, people are saying, "Look, the, he made a big call there with these changes, and it paid off. Got the job done." <laughs> If he, but then after the game, that's a false claim by you, by the way. It's not. It um, you're just not looking in the no, right place. You, you must have got it confused when we won the Champions League in the <laughs> no. season previously. We had a parade for that. No, I've spoken about you winning the Champions League on here before. You didn't actually win it. Just Bayern lost it. How how many Champions Leagues have Arsenal not lost? We've won a European don't, don't Cup. T- don't talk to Luke about the Champions League. He's forgotten what it feels like yeah. to be in it. We've. Yeah, I do. Because that's a competition you can actually beat teams and in. And we've... No. In past, go past the quarterfinals. Hang on. It, no, Chelsea's it's... last Champions League game... Oh. When was Arsenal's last Champions League game full stop? A couple of years ago, but we're in a yeah. transition period. <laughs> transition period. Anyway. <laughs> Who's going to last longer in their job? Emery or Solskjaer? I say Solskjaer because that whole scenario where they can't sack him but he can't leave it's just it's it's going to do them into the ground and it's going to be brilliant to watch long may I, it continue see i i disagree i i think it comes down to it's more of a question of um the it's more of a question of the power that the each of the two clubs and the the speed at which they can bring somebody in and how easy they'll find it i think if somebody lucrative becomes available Man United will probably have more power, more pull it, like, you know, pulling power to bring somebody already. in. 
So I, I'd say I'd say it's probably more United, but that's not based on Solskjaer doing a worse job. It's based on just they've got the ability and know that they'll be able to secure that alternative. I also think United are just that bit more ruthless, more ruthless than Arsenal in terms. Of, I think they'll be if and coupled with the fact that I can see them plummeting further. Whereas I think Arsenal are kind of at where they're at. They're gonna have some horrific games. They're gonna have some where they'll dig it out like they did there. They've got enough. I've always they've got enough players who can produce a bit of magic that will get them out of trouble. Yeah, but that, that the result of the weekend personified that perfectly. Yeah. In terms of you've got glaring, glaring problems, but you have the firepower and at the end talent of the day to, to get out to of trouble. Pull you out of the it. worst teams. Sign of a title-winning team, actually winning when uh, <laughs> sign it, sign, <laughs> when you don't play well. Sign of a Europa scraping, <laughs> scraping inside the top sixteen. No other team in the league's won more games with ten men than Arsenal. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. For what I'm saying, I'm going to say I think uh, Emery lasts longer. Yeah. If we carry on, just don't you spend too long on this one. Actually, we do have a bit on Chelsea, but can any who, if, if anyone, who can beat Liverpool the way they are looking? See, the annoying thing is, is that we, we've played them twice this season, and TK, you probably agree with me when I say that. For overall gameplay, we probably came out on top and looked a better team in those games so far. Isn't that scary that they still haven't lost? Again, it was more down to Chelsea. Again, a set piece, two set pieces mm. that we haven't defended properly again. Which David is Louise helps with that. Well, <laughs> the problem is, is you. So to set the scene with the Chelsea game on Saturday, I was expecting an absolute drubbing because we've put five goals past Wolves. But then we also go and then go and lose it 1-0 at home to Valencia, which you never know what Chelsea team's going to turn up this season. You don't know what's going to happen. The injuries that we've got at the moment, my God, like I've never experienced such an injury-struck start to the season. So you start off the game, the Eden Hazard banner gets, <laughs> that was drawn, gets drawn across the Matthew Harden by accident. They, brought, they took out the wrong banner. So you've got the teams lining up. And instead of the Frank Lampard banner, it's the Eden Hazard banner. You're there like... <laughs> oh, that's that's. Oh, you could try and pass it off as oh, we just love Eden Hazard still. Yeah, yeah, they're looking at them and going, oh, bollocks. Um, ga- Eden Hazard's batty wouldn't fit on one of them. Yeah, well. <laughs> the game starts and it's a quite even affair, and then all of a sudden Liverpool just turn it on and we're on under serious cash, and I'm talking a lot of it. Um, yeah, yeah, serious amounts of cash. <laughs> And then you've got um, Palmieri, who's back in the team ahead of Alonso, getting injured and going off. And you're thinking, fuck, right, we've got two subs to make against arguably the most energetic team in the league. And then you've got um, Christensen giving away a stupid free kick, which is like the biggest free kick ever, almost a penalty. And that free kick, and I, I said and turned to my mates in the pub and said, this is going in. I can just see it. I just know it's going in. Something, something weird's going to happen here and it's going to go in. Um, going back to the point I made earlier where you can't have players within a yard of the wall now and if it is it's a free kick you missed this before you so, got here so the goal shouldn't have stood and same with Arsenal's goal there was players within a yard of the wall as a football purist as a football purist out. I believe that goal should have stood and I thought it was a brilliant strike um, as a football purist I thought it was an unbelievable strike from a guy that whose talent you just keeps growing and growing and growing with Trent Alexander-Arnold I think he's fantastic um then the game suddenly changes all of a sudden and we look on top because that goal has really sparked into life and you think, fucking hell. Goes down the other end, 
you've got Tamori taking out Christensen and I don't know what's happened, but he is injured to fuck and he goes off. And you're thinking, we've got Kurt Zuma who's looked shaky all season and you've now got one sub to make against Liverpool. And you think, and you think, fuck, what happens here? So then we're on top and we're pushing and we look like the better team and we get a goal and I'm giving it absolute stacks in the pub. <laughs> Make no mistake, I am high-fiving randomers that I don't know. I'm jumping up and down in front of Ben and Kenny. Um, I'm, I'm about five pints deep at this point as well because it driven me to drink this game. The nerves alone. I hope it, you weren't driven, literally. Uh, no, I was. I'd got a lift from my mum. Bless her. I've got to got to make the most of it before I move out. We don't have to free that on the pod. Just check. No, <laughs> got to before I move out next week. I've got to make the most of it. These um, free lifts. But I was giving it stacks and thinking, you know what? Here we go. We are looking decent. This could be a turning point of our season. And then I just see the camera pan out to the ref with his finger in his ear and I'm thinking oh fuck off I've, I've been done by Jesse Lingard in the fucking Europa League uh, whatever league it was I got done in the fucking Super Cup with Mason Mount again being offside and I've been done again here and I've get, been giving it stacks and everyone's going Way. I've had to oh, sit God. I've You've had to twice sit. in the Super Cup yeah oh. twice in the Super Cup <laughs> his record does not so read well VAR has literally shafted me big time <laughs> Even so so, yeah. then, after looking on top for most of the like, second part of the half, ball goes down the other end as I'm going out for a fact to kind of calm myself down. The ball goes down to our end. We give away a needless free kick. Like, it is needless to the extreme. And you've got Alonso who's come on for Palmieri, who is brought on for what I'm told is his aerial dominance, leaving probably arguably their biggest aerial threat other than Van Dyke completely free in the six yard box only you had a defender that was good in the air that you sold yeah but he would have given away other goals for some reason <laughs> yeah anyway well, no, that doesn't so, apply when it's Mustafi though yeah so no, when it's Mustafi that oh no, no we all stay, we all stay take the piss but we all take the piss on Mustafi as well don't get me wrong I'm not biased there were Arsenal fans wanting him back in yeah. yesterday Jesus. that's how bad it's got so it gets to half time and we're 2-0 down I'm sat there thinking how the fuck are we 2-0 down here because Again, it's the story of our seasons as well. We have not played badly. In fact, we've played pretty well. But we've two shots on goal we've conceded and we've conceded from both of them. So you think, right, what's going to happen? Can I go of two ways here? We're going to come out of the box and we're going to fucking make an actual fight of it. Or what are we going to do? We're going to just sit there and it's going to be an absolute rout. And I'm happy to say that that was one of the proudest moments I've had in recent seasons, for the fight that we showed in that second half. Jesus Christ. <laughs> for controlling that game the way that we did with the kids that we had one out there with one One of your proudest moments serve. was not getting smashed. <laughs> you, you've got to admit that I have that as a prouder moment than beating you in the Europa League final. It probably says a lot about the mentality of yeah. Chelsea fans, if anything. I, no, I, I get that. Because... I, I, <laughs> I, no, I, I do get that in the respect that it... It's an understanding of where Chelsea are at compared with Liverpool, knowing the situation they were in, and there are plenty of teams. They're not that's, a relegation. There's contender. plenty of teams. <laughs> there's plenty of teams in that situation that would have completely capitulated. Like I could see, like an Arsenal team, exactly, did it exactly, the very same yeah. Position and yet weeks we ago. both got the same amount of points. Yeah. What you and Liverpool both in losing the game. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, is that... Is that we both... You lost you, a bit better than so, we did. So if, you're, if, we're, if, we're looking at, if we're looking at a process here... Yeah. Um, and you're 
damning Emery to hell and you need to get him out and your players aren't good enough. We whereas, have higher standards. Whereas so. I'm watching a Chelsea team with their youth... Shut that down. With, yeah, that's ridiculous. With their youth team academy pro, um, produce playing and playing well uh, instead of getting sent Arsenal's off. Arsenal's average squad age is lower than Chelsea's so let's just chuck that out as well. Yeah, but they look worse than Chelsea and you're getting out of jail by having Aubameyang and Lacazette up front and that's the only thing saving you at the moment. Well, overall, as a Liverpool fan, so we'll talk about Incolagante's goal in Can a I minute. just ask two questions? First of all, when the Firmino goal went in, how many people around you went, you know what, I reckon he's the best at that <laughs> Yeah. I don't know because I was kicking the door open with two fags in my mouth and a pint in the other hand. Spe- special shout out to my younger brother who threw the, not Ben, this is the other one, threw the remote at the door and uh, <laughs> in front of my dad who was doing some ironing. You can imagine the sound that was coming out of my house. Your brothers have so, some uh, real anger problems, it sounds as, like. So as a Liverpool, it could be good to get Liverpool's fan perspective on how we... Just on the same thing, we okay. about losing. So Mourinho's comments after the game, he said... When you start accepting defeats just because your team played well and just because your players gave their best, a performance for people to be proud of, I think when you get used to it, that's when big clubs stop being big clubs. I don't think we've got. Neck. I don't think we've got the problem with that though, because we've got a complete understanding of what we're doing in the process that we're going through this season with playing our youth team. If you're not playing a youth team, you're playing. You're playing three or four young players. Kaya Tamori. Yeah. Uh, Christensen came through the youth. You're team playing as well. Tamori because of an injury. Tamori is actually probably one of the better centre halves in our team. But he came he in because played, of an injury. He did come in because you're of an injury. You're playing Tammy Abraham because the only other option is Giroud, and you and he's in- also the highest scorer in the Premier League. Apart from actually, no, it's not because Aguero got a goal at the weekend. But he was he was going into this weekend the top scorer in the Premier League. Haven't you also played all three relegated teams? All three relegated teams, promoted, promoted teams. teams. Yeah, no, played two. Played Sheffield and Norwich. Yeah. who beat Man City the other week at yes. home. So it's not actually... So we're not giving you too much praise result. for being top scorer we beat two a months te- into the season. We, we beat a team that beat Man City at home. So make of that what you will. Um, we drew with a team that lost 8-0. To that was... City. Yeah, I'll hold my hands up to that. <laughs> that yeah. I mean, from a Liverpool fan's perspective, what was it? What were your thoughts on playing Chelsea? I tend to agree with you in terms of I thought probably three quarters of the games, if you look at Super Cup and yeah. that overall, three quarters of those two games, Chelsea were probably the better t- team. I thought the first half in this one, Liverpool in spurts looked good. Mm-hmm. Weren't at their best, but looked good. Um, and obviously won the half 2-0 in the end. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, going into it, I was similar to you. I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, they've got a few problems here. Mm-hmm. They obviously can see goals in other games. And if it wasn't for the Super Cup, I think I would have been thinking, right, we're going to route these. Mm-hmm. Because of that game, I, I watched... Chelsea in that and they tended to dominate the ball as well and I thought okay and in both of these games I've seen something with the Chelsea players and maybe it's some of the young players in particular but they seem to be able to get more up for that game than the other games and yeah. I don't necessarily mean in terms of trying I mean, but maybe in co- terms of concentration or whatever because we are coming it, off the back of a five scoring five past Wolves away I mean the confidence should be up I they, know we lost against Valencia but I mean looking at that and we'll go back to the VAR issue after we talk about the game, I think, because mm. that's a whole separate thing that I want to get into, because if we're, we'll come on to that in a minute. But if you're looking at it from a Liverpool's point of view, and I was looking at it as a Chelsea point of view from when we are used to winning the leagues and things like that, you got went there, you scored two goals, you shut up shop, and that was what you want to do when you play away from home against a, mm. a big team with good players. Mm. 
So if you look at it from that point of view, Liverpool didn't actually have a bad game. However, we had so many chances. That Mason Mount one right at the death, that could have gone the, the in. The Tammy one. The Tammy one, one was just, that was, that Slots was bad. <laughs> and for Liverpool, they so many times caught Chelsea offside. Yeah. But that was the case, the exact case in point where you think all it takes is one. Yeah. All it takes is one. And exactly. if he finishes that, then they're going to get hounded for that defending because yeah. they're saying, playing so high. If if you get onto the VAR point, because we do still have more to get yeah, into. Yeah, I mean, getting on getting onto the VAR point. I, in my eyes, there should be like cricket, where there needs to be an on-field decision. And if it's too tight to call, if it's like daylight and he is clearly offside, then that's clear and obvious. But you can't tell me an armpit or half a shoe lengths offside is not clear and obvious and that is what we're told that VAR is supposed to get no, in with no not with offsides offsides isn't, doesn't but fall under the clear I'm, and obvious I, camp I, no I agree but I know that's what they're doing at the moment but it needs to be changed I feel because you're going to start seeing goals not given and that's why we watch football we're going to start seeing goals not given that are offside that's the point of VAR no the, the, the thing is that the Spurs one I can kind of see there because I'm a little bit more in terms of it was so close yeah. the Mounts one he did have his his foot offside, yeah. which if you went by the old rules, it, I didn't think there was much of a problem. Why right? it went by the feet, didn't it? They used yeah. to draw the line by foot of the last defender, foot yeah. of the attack, see where who's offside. So if you're leaning an arm over it, yeah. it doesn't matter. But the, the, I, I thought that was fair, but at the same time, I've also said I'd scrap the VAR start. With. So in which yeah. case, Chelsea would have had the goal. But, but if we are going to apply it, then they can't have it. The problem we've got as well, though, is the frame rate. So if you actually look at the ball on Williams' foot, when he, the ball starts contact with his foot. Mounts onside. But when the frame that they freeze and use for VAR, he's then offside. Is this actually, is this is serious? This but, isn't like you, this isn't like you joking. Well, if you're going to go on about an armpit, he's offside. Yeah, I'm I saying, well, when like he touches the ball, spoke, no, 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 if you're going to be that specific, then you've got to be that specific. You, you get it I both, think you get it both ways. I think you two have spoken before we've come on here, yeah. and just <laughs> you're trying to one up to be who can be the most ridiculous. I don't. I think VAR takes away from the fan experience. It does, but if you have it, then you can't judge what is offside enough to be ruled out. Yeah, but like, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be saying that, you need to have an actual. You need to know when the ball was kicked. Essentially, you need to know when that ball was played. Otherwise, the whole the the frames that they choose to use to measure you for whether you're offside or not are completely negated. But, if you can't see when the ball was kicked, but is the problem is well, the problem not that. They've said basically the technology they they can't get it so it's quick enough that they're gonna know exactly when it's left the person's foot as to where the person's stunt. It's a weird thing. It's never really come into this because the amount of times obviously you see post match analysis and stuff looking at offsides before we had VAR, yeah. and we never really had this thing where it was we had a problem with when it was released. We always went from the camera like look we can see balls left his foot at that point he's offside it only seems to be now this, same with like the line yeah. and I know someone butchered drawing a straight line on one of them which probably did it but now there seems to be question it's just to I, I saw a Spurs man actually saying when when the line was drawn on that thing it's like wow that's not even the correct line anyways okay brilliant what, what are we going to be getting into I'd, here then so, I'd, I'd, I'd rather, <laughs> frame rate and lines a, it's just <laughs> on, a, on a Monday morning I'd rather be arguing with someone if it was offside or not than off, oh, arguing with someone I think where all, the armpit was or where the line was I think we all agree but it's just if it's there then they have to to the best so, of their ability if, if we in my eyes in my eyes with VAR it has to be either an on-field decision like in cricket where it's umpire's cool where if it's too close to tell then whatever the decision was on field 
That is what the decision is. I guess they say offside isn't subjective. So even when it's like that, they're saying that that is still proof. I get it. But at the same time, if VAI in my eyes it was to kind of stop the James Milner, I know it's Liverpool, but it's the one that comes to my mind last season against West, um, West Ham, where he's like four yards offside. That's what VAR in my eyes is there for. Not to deliberate and take away from... Oh, if that if there's no VAR, commentate and say, oh, it looks a bit tight, but benefit the doubt with the attacker and that's a good goal. That's is what said last season. Yeah. I think I think we all fairly agree, but if we because I'm if sure Chelsea only has Cardiff is the one that comes into my mind as well. So don't <laughs> that feel should, bad. That shouldn't yeah, have counted. Exactly. That that should not same, have counted. Sort of I mean I'm, so, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that that is exact that well, sent miles off that sent that sent Cardiff down. Yeah. Yeah. So that is when it should be brought back. I mean, I'm sure we'll have the same conversations next week. Yeah. So also we it won't be as long next week because yeah. Arsenal United is on at eight. But anyway yeah, and Golo Kante best best Midfielder in the Premier League. What, we, what we're going to do here he is is yeah, I. He's different. I have he's the. Uh, he's not I have, spanked. <laughs> I have the top Premier League ratings from FIFA 20, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you each position. Yeah, you can guess who you think is going to be Ch- the top rated player in each position. I've, look, I've looked at Chelsea's and they are horrific. And, and I'll and I'll tell you. Pulisic is 79. Who it is, and we can have some conversation. We won't go right into every club, but I've got the best players in each position. Isn't Abraham 74 as well? I don't He's know. Abraham's 74. Hudson Adoy's 75. Um, Loftus Cheek's yeah. 79. No, hang on. It's not, it's not Chelsea FIFA ratings. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I'm not playing with Zach. 79 for Loftus Cheek seems big for me. Anyway, goalkeeper. Who are you predicting to be the top rated keeper? Bonus point if you can tell me the top two. I, I'm having it down as, um, as. Give me it in order. So one and two. Uh, top. Uh, uh, oh, fuck. He's gone for my head. Uh, Liverpool. Uh, Alisson. Alisson, top. And Laurie, second. That's what you think the ratings will be. That, that's what I That's what I think they've rated. Not that I'm saying that I agree with it, but... on Jack, don't look. Not, not that I'm saying... <laughs> not, not that I'm saying that I agree with it, but that's what I think the ratings will be. Loris will be second. Alisson, first. Uh, I'll say De Gea and Edison. Jack? Put that phone down. Sorry, sorry. I think, I think De Gea's top and then Edison. Because even though it's not on form and he has what been if, crap, if FIFA I, somehow. If I tell you, Ali- if I tell you, Allison is rated as the best keeper in the Premier League. Now some of the ratings are the same, but when it comes to the like very, these are totaled up by attributes as well. So on goal difference, yeah. yeah. So the top two are both rated eighty nine, but when you have the stats compared, Allison comes out on top. Edison is not in the top two, and De Gea is the second best keeper wow. in the Premier League on FIFA 20. Is Lonnie's third? I don't have the full uh, breakdown, okay. but I would assume it's Edison. They're both rated 89, these two. Now, if I ask you the best right-back in the Premier League by what you think FIFA will be, just um, I just want the top one here. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Carl Walker, because that's how I feel FIFA do things, for some reason. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll go with him. You're going to throw in like a rogue Cancelo now, aren't you? <laughs> but I'll go with Walker. Alex? Oh, I'm going to go with Carl Walker as well. You wanted to go with Trent and you backtracked. Is it Trent? I don't think I'll change it enough. It's not. It's Carl Walker. Yeah, I thought so. Carl Walker is top with an 84 rating and Trent is in second with an 83 rating. Okay. It's harsh for me. I mean, it is, but they've got to leave somewhere to go, haven't they? Because yeah. he's still developing, mm. so they still need to have that improvement. They put him at 85 straight away. Mm. And the ratings now have become less and less, well, what's the words? 
I'm looking for but because there's the updates every week on how they've played yeah they're less and less relevant, relevant yeah. yeah alright Jack if we start with you here so we've got centre backs and I have the top four okay Okay. and if you can give me Van Dijk. the top four <laughs> and you give me yeah. give me four in order that you think that's how it's so Van Dyke top and then I'm going with Just I go with what comes Le, to your end. Le, Laporte is eight, like 86, I imagine, around that 86, 87, Laporte. Um, Otamendi, I don't think he deserves to be up there, but he is usually up there. And then I'm going to go with... Matip. AJ Slot, just just give me names here, or we'll be here all night. Yeah, top, so I'm going top is, um, is Van Dijk, second is Laporte, and probably I'm going to go with Vertonghen and Alderweireld in there as well. And Rich I reckon, Jordan. I reckon, uh, what into? Oh, I I reckon Alderweireld's rated higher, and I dare to say that he might be rated the same as Laporte. But give me an order. You so, so I said Laporte is second on okay. over. All right. But All right, I'll go Van Dijk, Laporte, Toby. I've got. A strange feeling they're going to put like Maguire in there or something. They're going to boost really, his I thing. I really hope to God they haven't. It's Van Dyke top with a 90 rating. Yeah. Alderweireld second with an 87 rating. Ooh, he's barely played. Laporte third with an 87 rating. Oh. And Vertonghen fourth with an 87 rating. So I wasn't too far off there then. Eh? Good start to the season prediction-wise. This, this is, <laughs> is this like... FIFA like 14 have, have we gone back in time De Gea Alderweireld and Vertonghen are just tearing up the league now yeah. alright don't need too much it's for an it's not. <laughs> don't need too much for an explanation Alex top two left backs this was supposed to be quick fire TK uh, Robertson and oh fuck who's going to be the second one I, right, I, I, Luke Shaw, sure, obviously. I, I, yeah, I, I, I have a funny feeling, like Robertson, but also I reckon Danny Rose is in there. Jack, mm, yeah, I reckon Luke Shaw has to be in there, and then Robertson beneath Luke Shaw. Robertson Shore. first with an eighty-five rating, second place um, Dina with an eighty-three rating. That's fair. I don't mind that. Wow. I don't mind that. As long as it's not Luke Shaw, because he always seems to be overpowered. Yeah. For how much he plays? Not, not um, I'm surprised like Alonso or anything like that's not in there. Yeah, he's like 81 no. or 79 or something like that. All right, so Jack, Jack, we'll start with you. Now, midfielders, this, if I say centre mid, this includes DMs and cams, okay? Yeah. So, so anything gonna, from so it's gonna how do many you want? cam to CDM, top five, top five, in order. So you've got De Bruyne first, then you'll have um, Pogba, or it might be Pogba, then De Bruyne, one of the two. And then you'll have David Silva, Bernardo Silva, no, Kante before this. Bernardo's as a winger. Oh, is he a winger on this now? Is he? Okay. You've got Kante in there. Um, so I need one more. Fernandinho? Alex, just give me five in order. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I'm going to go with Kante. I'm going to go with Ericsson sneaks in there somehow. Um, I'm also going to say uh, Firmino as well. He's a striker. Uh, um, in that case, probably Fernandinho gets in. Uh, that's four, isn't it, so yeah. far? And Pogba as well. Yeah, I reckon De Bruyne, Pogba, Silva, 
Ericsson. It's going to be someone rogue like Ozil or something is going to have a really high yeah, rating. I'll go with Kante and play it safe. But I do. I can't see a rogue. I reckon Pogba's going to go in above. Uh, I, the I just. I just want to say. I, I just want to put out that I've got a weird feeling that Kante's not in this top five. I thought Alex was going to nail it. So it's De Bruyne first with a ninety-one rating. Kante second with eighty-nine. Ericsson third with eighty-eight. Pogba fourth with eighty-eight. Silva fifth with eighty-eight. <sighs> I mean, I, did I get all of those? I didn't get Ericsson, did I? No. no. All right. Right. Yeah, but two. Kante. Two for right wing. Right wing. Um, do you, including left footers that play Just, right wing? If they're right wing on FIFA. Sane and Sterling. They're both left on. Okay. Well, they'll be my left wing choices. Uh, <laughs> We've got left wing covered. Yeah. Um, oh shit! No, Mane and Salah. I was going to say, assuming Salah's going to be on that, they're probably going to have Mane listed as a left sided, aren't they? Yeah. So I'll have Salah and oh, fuck. Who's going to be Pepe? Is he going to be Alex? Do you want to give me two? Yeah, it's easy. Sissoko one. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, pretty much the same as TK. To be honest, so. All right, I'll give you a left while I'm at it because they're basically coming the same thing. So right wing, Salah, 90. Second, Bernardo Silva, 87. That's that's generous for me, particularly after yesterday. Then we have left wing, first place, Sterling, 88. Second, Mane, 88. If anyone plays with City or Liverpool on FIFA, it's enough just just get out. (laughs) And then uh, strikers, give me top three in order. Uh, I'm going to go with Sergio Aguero top, Kane second, and Ambama Yang third. Yeah, that would have been mine. Um, yeah. I think they might put Kane top. No, do you know, no, so I'm going to change that. I'm going to go Lacazette instead of Ambama Yang. All right, well, you had it right the first time, uh. so played yourself. <laughs> Aguero top, eighty nine. Kane second, eighty nine. Third, Aubameyang, eighty eight. What is disrespectful? Do you know what? Do you know what Lacazette is rated? He's like eighty four or really? something like that. that is I thought. I, I think thought he might FIFA be eighty. Maybe he's eighty six. I thought FIFA might just you know charm. Would you have been happy with the Lacazette third there? Oh no, because Aubameyang no. is going to be a better down as a striker. Yeah, but. I know. I know. I know, but. Disrespectful that is. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, the FIFA race. That should be higher. Midnight tonight. I'll be there, ready to play. Got it downloaded already. They let you download it a day early, but you can't play it until it hits midnight. What are you gonna play first, the Volta? Ultimate FIFA team Street. probably. Open some packs. See, I refuse to play Ultimate team. I just because I know that I'll pass so much into it. I just stop myself. <laughs> never, yeah. never, a bit never of restraint. Can't, can't do it because I'll, I'll need a better team than anyone else's. All right, well, he can only control the first yeah. drink. That's all yeah. he can do yeah, after exactly. that. As soon as it touches his lips. <laughs> all right, that's our football coverage done. You two are welcome to vacate if you want. Me and TK will just close us out with some fighting talk. We will just carry on, so don't make too much of a racket as you leave. Uh, TK, I'm sure I'll slide over there. We're getting the mics. You're getting a peep behind the scenes here, people who are listening. <laughs> if you hang on, you'll hear Jack come back in for his keys. <laughs> He's kept it nice and warm. <laughs> all right just got the big dogs left then so 
Now we've got the riffraff out. A couple of bits to get into then, TK. It won't be too long. I've just got a couple of uh, things mm. for us to get into, a bit of a roundup. If we start with the BMF belt, which has been announced for UFC 244, is it? Or 245? One of those. Yes. It's uh, Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal has opened up as the bookie's favourite. Mm. What's your thoughts on a belt being on the line to start with? Dane has confirmed that the, he spent £50,000 on the belt. <laughs> uh, the Rock is going to be in the ring to present it to the winner. It's all a bit novelty, isn't it? Which, WWE. Yeah, very. Um, which I, As a one-off contest, I don't personally mind it, but I can see why some people are bothered by it. It started a while back, didn't it, when you had Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez, and Eddie said it was for the most violent man in the UFC. Then you had... Um, Eddie and Poirier, he said that was defending the most violent yeah. man belt. Then you yeah. had Gaethje against Poirier, where Poirier said he was then defending the most violent man <laughs> belt. Yeah. It's it's whether you think, is the joke going too far and getting an actual belt? Is, is... I'm giving it more credence in the lineal championship in boxing. <laughs> I would probably go with that. The only issue I would have is, is if... And it, there's enough sort of cringe-worthy fighters in the UFC who could probably have their own fight and then be like, oh, this has got to be X belt yeah, on the line yeah. for this. And Dangerous is going to be like, no, don't be fucking stupid. I think essentially... It only really works with these two characters, yeah. isn't it? I can't really think of well, too many more where it goes... He said it in the Octagon after beating Pettis, didn't he? Where he said, yeah. there's only... Um, I'm tired of fighting these. There's one bad motherfucker I want to fight. Yeah. Gone with that. They actually tried trademarking it, not knowing that the phrase... Bad motherfucker has been around for God knows how long. <laughs> What's in Pulp Fiction and even prior to that? Yeah, 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 exactly. They sell wallets with yeah. head on. So, yeah, it's not, I have no issue with it. I think the UFC wants them. They can put on a poster to say it. technically it's still a title fight when they get pulled up saying, you said there was going to be a title on the line for every pay per view. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what ESPN are going to be able to do with baddest motherfucker belt. They, it's, just, could, it's just called the BMF, BMF belt. BMF belt, yeah. but, but ultimately, say like if you had it on a poster, yeah. in, in theory, that's supposed to bring in the yeah, categories where you say a belt. So, oh, what's that belt? They, haven't actually, belt? they uh, haven't actually put it on the poster. It just says five round welterweight matchup. Yeah. Um, they're definitely going to go all in on it, and they love it as far as I've seen from the promotion so far. It is one of those fights where you think, fast forward me to that night sort of fight. Yeah. So I, look, nothing's really going to dampen any Well, they, they tried building that kind of card because they say that's why they have Gastelum and Till as the co-main because they say they're just two other people that don't give a fuck either. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so lower down the card, they're trying to, they're trying to add um, Korean Zombie against Brian Ortega, which would be fire. It's already stacked as well. Yeah, so. I, I did see... Mm. All right, what else have we got on the agenda? We have Spence against Porter this weekend. Mm. Spence has put a lot of pressure on himself, so he's going to take Porter out early. Mm. A lot of people seem to be backing that up. If I if I have a bet, I'll probably put the bet on decision, to be honest. I just... Yeah, yeah. But then, do you put much into Porter getting dropped by Broner, or...? No, not hugely. I know, I don't, he has been in with people who can punch and hasn't been effective. You look yeah. at, you know, who he's been in. Brooke probably hits harder than a lot of people for whatever of, of criticism we give him. Danny Garcia can punch. So, at the very, I was kind of of the thinking that, that this could make Spence like a million dollars this fight. Someone who's there, hittable, significantly shorter than him. I think it could also look horrendous. But, 
<laughs> then I was thinking to myself, hang on, who looks good against Porter? He makes everyone just look, even if you win, it's, like, it's a horrible fight. He gives you a hard night's work and he's so just aggressive and unorthodox yeah, that well, you don't look good against yeah, him. When you look back at the fights you've enjoyed him being in, you've enjoyed it because at the time it's been close and so you're, who's going to win this round rather than all our action. Like yeah. the like the Thurman fight was good, but the quality wasn't good in the fight. Exactly that, yeah. And, and the more success he has, the less the quality comes in. If, if yeah. you look at the first half of that fight and Thurman's winning... You're not going to go back and watch a no. Sean Porter fight. You're not going to be in a, in a rush to, are you? I remember, the, I remember when he... First, I think he first won a title against Devin Alexander. And Alexander went in as the favourite. And I didn't really know much about Porter. And I watched the fight. It's just... He went in as... Ha- in- how do I get this time back? Because I don't really know what's happened here, but I just know he's won after 12 rounds. He went in as a near 50-50 against Paulie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was probably his most entertaining one. And that he, was only because obviously he blasted Paulie He knocked out. him out of the ring. Yeah, exactly. He was also covering the ultimate boxer this weekend, calling out McGregor. Again. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, he's... Saying, if uh, I see you in the street, I'm going to hit you. I'm sure he's absolutely terrified. Yeah, brutal hands Paulie one hitting him in the street. leg kick... And Paulie will be crying. Yeah, there's, that's the one forum in which he shouldn't take him on <laughs> would be a street fight, I would say. Well, there's these people whose whole identity is, I'm from New York, that means I must be a tough guy. Yeah, yeah, which you think a, a population of how many million, yeah. there must be a fair few pussies <laughs> in there as well. Right, um, so you have the latest fight, which you mentioned a couple of the names. So Pacquiao is supposedly deciding between Mikey Garcia and Danny Garcia as his next fight. <laughs> uh, neither really get the juices flowing person, I've got to be honest. Uh, Come on, my man Danny Swift beats him. You, With both of them, you can make a case for either Garcia or whatever. As the same thing that everyone's going to have the case for Pacquiao is he's old. At some point... If he was fighting Mikey at 140, I'd be all over it. Yeah, yeah, but like, he's not gonna be. <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not gonna do that, is he? And um, probably the same with if he fought Lomachenko at one forty. I'll be. I'll just be curious because I yeah. don't really know how Loma would do at one forty. Really, Pacquiao coming down that would be an intriguing thing. But as it is, I'd like Pacquiao just to call it a day. In all honesty, yeah. the, the the fights that are interesting are probably interesting for the wrong reasons. Like, put him in with Crawford, it will probably be a massacre. Yeah. So I hope so. <laughs> So if that was what you were going to do, people, I wouldn't be surprised only because of that was the immediate thing they said after Spence against Mikey, as yeah. if they made Spence Pacquiao. But that would look horrible. You think Spence is going to look so much bigger than him. I want Pacquiao Canelo at super middle. <laughs> it's probably about the only thing Canelo <laughs> won't have done by the time he's done. Next headline then. What are your thoughts on Gary Russell Jr. saying he will batter Leo Santa Cruz's <laughs> cancer-stricken father? I saw the video. I haven't actually watched it. So video. he goes and speaks to him and then as he's walking off, he's like, I could do him at any time. <laughs> I, could do him. I don't know why why he thinks that's... Like, we're all going to be another end. Like, yeah, he could do him. Well, someone said, like, if you really stop watching boxing and everything that people said is enough to make you stop watching boxing, you wouldn't be watching boxing. Like, yeah, yeah, true. Why are you looking at these fully grown men to be role models let them do and say whatever they want we've seen in this sport that the bigger idiot you are the bigger payday you're going to get so it makes perfect sense for him to do it I'm not saying it's tasteful or it's what you want to do no. it makes me want to see the fight more So, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same I think it says a lot about boxing fans that actually if this means Gary Russell Jr. is going to fight more than once a year and not cherry pick an opponent we'll take it 
Is the fight actually been made, or is it just... See, I, just... I wasn't of the opinion that it had actually been made, but maybe it is. To be honest, Wilder Ortiz technically has been made, but we still don't actually know that it's been Cause, made. Because he said something about it, that he, he could put Josh Warrington in like a coma whenever he wanted to as well. Yeah, I I want to see Warrington in with these guys. They're, they're great fights, really. I'd rather see Warrington, Santa Cruz, then... That would just wrestle. be non-stop. Yeah. Just two guys laying into each other, wouldn't it? Um, do you think... McGregor's next fight should be against Justin Gaethje that was one of those where when it first got said I thought he's not going to do that and then the more and more it goes on I thought okay that's as good an entry back into UFC as you could hope to have really and if that tweet where he said and again it's probably just McGregor stirring things but if that one about being in Dublin or whatever was the thing they've already got a UFC pay-per-view on the same night across the other side of the world Okay. apparently that was Luke Keeler was trying to call him out which I don't know why yeah, he likes doing that. McGregor's team came out. Any Irish fight yeah, because they that. said it was nearly going to happen. Then McGregor's team came out and said, this isn't happening. <laughs> in a boxing match? Yeah. I mean, why is McGregor going to do that? If he loses to Keeler, yeah. you can lose to Floyd. You can't lose to Luke Keeler. No, uh, no I, I think Gage is a dangerous, dangerous option, which could end in tears for McGregor, but... He yeah. seems to defend a lot better now as well. Yeah, he's... And he people were saying, which I... I well, freely admit, I didn't realise how good he was at wrestling previously. Yeah. I haven't used it, obviously, particularly in, in his UFC he, career. But. He um, lost a close decision in college to um, that Jordan Burroughs, who's just yeah. put a beating on Ben Askren in a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then you look at Ben Askren's wrestling compared to everyone, everyone else's. Else, yeah, exactly. And so, he ragdolled him. So, it's a dangerous, dangerous opponent, but it, it would be. It, it would get eyes on it. And if you're not going to walk into... A Khabib fight or whatever yeah. then I think it's the next logical choice Hearn says it's now or never for Brook against Khan we could google that <laughs> and oh, no. we know 2018 2017 there's actually a thread saying all the times Hearn has said it's now or never for Brook versus Khan <laughs> it's never never it's, it's always a possibility until Khan probably calls it a day really it's always... Khan said he's meeting him for talks next week and they'll see how it goes I mean, what a depressing position Brooke is in, by the way. Just his, He is literally waiting that out, isn't he? He's essentially yeah. shown no interest in any other fight now. Well, he had, um, what's his name, that Liam Smith's going to fight. He's just gone up, um, had a draw with Broner. Yeah. Is it, it's not Vargas. Vargas. Is it, is it Vargas? Yeah. yeah. He had him on a plate in America and he said it didn't get his juices flowing enough. So like, what the hell do you want? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fight He's... Liam Smith. I would be all more than happy to watch Brooke Liam Smith. Yeah. I could actually get up for that fight. It's it's actually an intriguing fight, isn't it? At one fifty four you think it'd be interesting. It's, he has literally put all his eggs in the car basket and yeah. cashing out there, which I don't how big a cash out is it at this point? How many people are interested? Enough people will be, but it's nowhere near what it could have been. And then, just finally, what do you make of the AJ Ruiz promo so far? Interesting. They, they've both kind of changed a little bit in terms of getting a little bit more... I don't know if gnarly is the right word, but a little yeah. bit more, you know... Ruiz is less of the just the nice, humble guy. He's the champ now. AJ's obviously showing a bit more of his other side to him. Don't know whether that's a conscious thing for yeah. promotion or whether he's actually just pissed off. I could believe both. Uh... It's interesting to see what they're going they're going to do. It's 
it seems so far away, December. It seems like such a, a distant sort of fight. Yeah, I was just seeing if there's any fights that we've missed. Um, there's not much to say on Usyk against Tyrone Spong. Hopefully there isn't too much to say. I don't <laughs> want an upset there. Um, Daniel Dubois against Tete. I don't know why they're hyping that. Dubois 1-100. to 100. I don't know if you saw that. I think that. they're obviously him against Tete, uh, the favourite <laughs> yeah. Tete. I don't know if you saw that Peter Quillen lost to Alfred Angulo I, on Saturday. I did by a split decision, wasn't it? It was one of them. You know when you're putting like a UFC acker on, you've, you've reloaded a couple of times during the night and then you've got maybe three fights left and you're looking at about three to one and then you look at the box and you've got a couple of one to a hundred and you think, do I just add them in just to bump it up a couple? And then I looked at them and I thought, I'm not risking it. And on that card, they had three upsets. Oh, wow. Yeah. They had the prospect. One prospect was like slumped. Another one was like made to like, to like chew the canvas. And then you add in the main event. Was the one that got slumped the one that got slumped by like Chris Colbert? Yeah. Because that was a brutal yeah. fucking care. Yeah. He looks, he looks the good. Uh, I saw someone being particularly generous with praise and said, um, Angulo rolled back the years. <laughs> I'm not, to roll back the years, I think you have to be a certain fighter in the first place. Yeah. I saw it at one to a hundred and then I saw, I recognised the name Angulo and was like, these kinds. I remember I messaged you a while ago yeah. saying Angulo Quillen finally got the fight we wanted <laughs> because both just. Yeah, I'd forgotten it was happening, but if if it's in a fight like that and you, and it's not like a recognised journeyman, there's literally no point because, as they say, they these guys have always got one more big night in them. Uh, yeah, and he, he was never a junior. He's always he was um, Rosado. He was I one to, one to a hundred. Quillen was. That's crazy. I didn't realise that. Yeah. I would I would have gone on decision just for. Angulo's tough and does rounds. He was Rosado, what he, what he was, in terms of, he'd always turned out to be a good opponent, but was never going to be the winner. But They're actually Quillen, trying to hype Rosado against Billy Joe Saunders. Fuck me. Billy Joe, another career where you think, well, what are you doing there? On the undercard of KSI, look, I, I do get the argument in terms of, I say it, it's not even a showcase though, is it? Because people are going to tune in for the main event. For that. Yeah. If you're going to watch Kezai Logan Paul, you're not tuning in to, oh, I might catch Billy Joe Saunders on the end. Well, I get there should the be, thinking, theory be more eyes on it. The thinking of Hearn is, he says he's trying to make a card that's justifiable as a pay-per-view for both sides. Okay. And instead, it might actually put off both sides because the last one had the whole undercard was filled with fellow YouTubers against other YouTubers. So it wasn't just the two main guys bringing in their fan bases. It was these lower guys guys bringing in their subscribers. Yeah. And they aren't tuning in. Like, I've already seen them saying, like, we don't want to see Billy Joe Saunders. We want to see this guy who opens FIFA packs and does this. This is fucking mad. This is Haney, he said, he said, you know what I really admire about Haney? He said to me straight after the fight, get me on that Logan Paul undercard. He He knows, he knows the game. Yeah. Just... Also, they were hyped. The guy he fought was an absolute bum. Yeah, because whom I saw an interview where whom was really giving it stacks about yeah. how good. And this I looked guy him was up and I was like, like he's never fought outside of like Kazakhstan. <laughs> so, Haney does look sharp. Though. Yeah, he, he does. does look the part. Him against Loma, it's an interesting fight of all yeah. the ones Haney, he's got. Haney claims that Loma's running from him. <laughs> A lot of people claim Loma's running from him. Yeah, Bob Bob Aram said. Um, that if Hearn is going to keep talking about matching his fighters with Lomachenko when he really has uh, no intention of, intention doing, of doing so, when he said the same about Javonta Davis, he said he's going to start suing people <laughs> for, having, for having their name in his mouth and he wants to charge them for the press they're getting off Loma's name. I don't know how 
viable as an option that is, but I like that he's going for it. Every time he gets spoken about, Hearn just says about oh, the uh, the funny stuff's been sending Bob mad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think there probably is a bit more to get into. We'll probably get into it closer to the time. We mm. have Golovkin, Dervinchenko in a fortnight. It could be better than you initially think. That. That'll be a good fight. That could be good, yeah. Warrington, Takut and Usyk Spong in the same night as two fights we really didn't need. <laughs> then the week after that, you have Ritson. Wow, we've got Anthony Dara versus Benavides this weekend as well. Is that on the same card? Undercard, I believe. Oh, that's all right then. Benavides sparking him at some point, we hope. Yeah. They used to be your boys, the Durrells. Andre Durrells, my boy. Anthony, I was less convinced after he did that run around the ring <laughs> that cost you that bet that <laughs> you were furious about. It's a nice tie-in because Beaker is going to be facing uh, Nigel Ben in, that, in Birmingham, apparently. Yeah, that's a hideous, hideous Although idea. from what I saw, it was going to be one of those like, uh, do you know the like small events with the like tables, people having dinner on the outside of the ring. Apparently, that's the kind of event it's going to be, and they're just going to charge like a disgraceful amount for a table. And you can have a bloke in his mid fifties blood on your table. <laughs> well, yeah, fantastic. So that's pretty- Saki Obiku wasn't a clean fighter in his prime, let alone now. It's also not like you say he's going to go in there and you're going to be able to kind of. He's old. I'll catch him on the chin because he's. Okay, he's been a tough guy as well as yeah. being... And he comes in with the head and... He's also, he's also still fighting. He's not been retired. He's I, fighting I was just gonna, Australia. I was going to say, because he's... Is he mid-40s Apparently now? Apparently this but is why it's come out because he lives in Australia as well. So they've just kind of manufactured this beef between them. This is madness, honestly. It's, it just, won't end well. No, I was just checking if there was an Arsenal game on the same day as the Ritson card and there's not, so... I'll winning. Be, I'll be able to be locked in for that. Anyway, we're just kind of rambling here. So, <laughs> add in... I'll just... Struggling to get over Jackson. One of his proudest moments as a Chelsea fan is narrowly losing to <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> Tweeted that out mid-episode and the reaction to it has been pretty uh, similar to what I expected. Uh, Troy said, let me guess, he's seen the tweet circulating yesterday talking about how this Chelsea team are in such a great position going forward. Lamps has got him hypnotised. It's not like we're going out live and Troy's been listening. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, as I said. Anyway, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. Next week we'll have a combination of us lot and uh, Sean, I believe. Although we'll be finishing before Arsenal-Chelsea, so it may be shorter than usual. Arsenal-United. Yeah, Arsenal-United, yeah. Um, Week after that, may have Sean on again, but we should have Troy back by then. So hopefully we'll be locked in for a five-man show. And then we'll continue on, as always, counting down. Probably back out down to Christmas by then. Anyway, as always, thanks for listening. Catch us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. We'll be back. Goodbye.